0: Welcome to Marvel Vision, a podcast about Marvel, the MCU. And right now we're going to be talking about Thor. I'm Alex. I'm Justin. I'm Pete. And we have a special guest for you this episode. Very excited to have you here. Alicia Grouseau. She is the features editor of Screen Rant. Alicia, welcome.
1: Hi, thanks for having me. And you got my name right.
0: Yay, I did it. Uh, I I promised to screw it up when we were off camera and then I didn't. So I'm sorry. I, I I lied right here at the top. Like Loki. Yeah. There you go. Yeah, it's like the you're classic. the liar. You're the mm-hmm.
2: Loki. Good save. Contest. Good save. Nice segue.
0: <laughs> so anyway. just uh, uh, some ground information that everybody probably knows about Thor. We've been making our way through the MCU phase one and the gap between no the particular soldier. War. What? <laughs> no particular. Pete has this thing where we should have started with Blade and it's yep. become a little bit yes. of contention. But it's he's wrong. Nope
1: that's a lot of movies <laughs>
3: yeah
2: i feel
0: well, like are when we, we talk doing
3: so- this are we not you know what i mean don't I mean, say we're gonna do it then do some movies like let's do it
1: i mean that <laughs> even goes back to like the very first fantastic four movie mm-hmm. what was it 90 was it 94
0: the roger corman one yeah yeah was yeah we gotta start there i think
1: we okay, we'll go back there. So must.
0: We're talking about Roger Corman's Fantastic Four this episode. <laughs> Perfect now, we're movie. About, we're going to talk about Thor. There's the fourth movie in the MCU as we make our way to Loki, which is debuting on June 9th. Thor came out May 6th, 2011. Last time, we were talking about Iron Man 2. The original plan was for Thor to come out pretty much immediately after that, but due to a lot of different reasons, they had to push it to about a year later, right before Captain America, the first Avenger. But it's directed by Kenneth Branagh, written by Ashley Edward Miller, Zach Stentz, and Don Payne. And before we get too far into it in terms of talking about casting or impressions or anything, Alicia, I'm curious, uh, what was your impression when you first watched Thor? back in the day
1: (laughs) you know the funny thing is i didn't actually love the first thor movie
0: Mm
1: -hmm. um i think the strongest part of it by far is tom hiddleston but i think most Mm. people would think that of the first two thor movies um it felt like they didn't fully have a handle on like how to make the character of thor fun (laughs) um so and i also sometimes get a little annoyed at fish out of water stories and this is just a personal thing where the person is clearly in a different world but they they don't even take like 30 seconds to look around and be like hey how do people act in this world maybe I should do that <laughs> like so not thor. like has anybody else smashed a, like a cup on the floor no I should definitely do that so um so I, at first I didn't I liked it. I had a lot of fun with it, but it wasn't, like, my favorite Marvel movie. Um, but I've learned to appreciate it more over the years as I've watched it again and as it's fit into the larger context of the MCU.
0: Yeah, I gotta say, I, I mean, I've talked about this a lot on the different podcasts, John This is... <laughs> my favorite Marvel movie, I think. Well, still? Girl, wow.
2: <laughs>
1: still? I,
0: well, here's the thing. I mean, we could definitely get into it, but... Holy shit, we have to talk <laughs> about that. This. <laughs>
1: this is going to be fun! Is this a thing? Do we need an intervention? Is uh, this like a Maybe, whole...
0: I think so. I think part of the reason is that I love the character of Thor, so I was already kind of sold on it. But here's the big thing, and I'm Justin and Pete, I'm curious to get your take after this. But the thing You're going to really, get it. <laughs> the thing that I was really struck no by... Com- this time through for this rewatch, the way that we're looking at it now over a decade later, is this felt like the one they got the formula down. You know, you had Iron Man was this very... This bold experiment, they're throwing it out there, they're trying so many different things. That Incredible Hulk, like we talked about, was very much a throwback to the X-Men and Spider-Man era, which felt kind of before that, before this quantum leap, that Iron Man was. Iron Man 2, doing too many things, trying too many things at the same time. But Thor, the thing that I've always really liked about this movie, is it's just this nice... Concise, simple story, oh, and they which definitely oh,
1: sounds like Marvel. Uh, yeah, <laughs> really the Marvel formula. <laughs> All
0: right, maybe maybe that's incorrect, but I do think like at the same time they sort of hit the right balance of big action of taking you into a new world, getting these really fun characters together, having yeah, some humor in there. What? Dutch, Dutch angles, angles all Dutch over angles. The filmmaker Everybody over a here little canting Come yeah. on. just uh, so anyway that's that's my broad overview i know that i'm going to be in the minority here but <laughs> <laughs> i'm i'm very well aware i was emotionally preparing myself to talk about this movie because well, I a I mean, no filter
2: i sort of hear you a little bit i mean i do think um there's a lot of what uh, what I think you're talking about, with hitting the stride, getting the formula, is so muted in this movie. Like the humor, the jokes are there in this movie, but they're just not super heightened. They're like just on medium speed. And not until uh, Ragnarok, do they really are like, oh, that's what this is. Yeah. Crank it all the way up. Because uh, I think Iron Man is still the formula. And this, it gets a little, this to me is the most self serious, except for Dark World of the Marvel movies. And I think that's where it's out
3: of balance a little bit. And you're talking about serious because they they wear serious wigs that really look real and then Thor's eye color changes throughout the movie because that's serious as well. That's what you're talking about? Wait, is that true? Uh, yeah
2: devil details
0: are you sure here. there's like just it.
3: not things reflecting he's, on he's his eyes he's got blue eyes for most of it and then there's a bunch of scenes where it's clearly uh black eyes so i don't know if the contacts were bothering him or what happened black, or, eyes. black eyes yeah he had just like uh you know <laughs> so i i, I I thought it was a little like rewatching it. I was a little like a lot of like moments. Did I was you like, have a oh, nightmare
2: during
0: this
1: it movie? Like it's demon, like a yeah. supernatural demon. Like, I don't.
0: <laughs> I I think that's wrong, Pete. I mean, I appreciate okay. you saying it, but I think I mean, that's probably, it
2: might be true. I Show am us the conspiracy blind. board. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs>
3: I, I bet you're wrong then. Bit, yeah. Probably, probably like... but it seemed like it.
1: I felt like they were trying to, like with Thor, it always felt to me like they were trying to be a little like direct from the comics. And Mm -hmm. it's not really the sort of thing you can, he's not really a character and that's not really a world you can adapt directly from the comics, at least not like early on in the MCU, because even with Spider-Man and, you know, the X-Men movies and Blade, it kind of really feels like it wasn't until the MCU that comic book movies really became kind of ubiquitous and people could jump on board and be like oh yeah we know the general beat to comic book movies. like we're on board with weird stuff and goofy and cheesy and campy and so the first Thor always felt like Loki and Tom Hiddleston existed in a Shakespearean tragedy yeah mm-hmm. and then Thor existed in a fish out of water comedy and then, so I guess that's one of the reasons why it never felt like it gelled for me and then until Taika Waititi came along like two you know two movies later and was like everywhere we don't care about the Shakespearean tragedy stuff. We're just going to go full comedy <laughs> yeah. because, yeah.
0: Yeah. Well, it's interesting you say that because Kenneth Branagh was pretty straight up. And I, I think uh, you're saying that he wasn't necessarily successful there, but he talked about before the movie, he was saying, yeah, we do have these two very different tones. We mm-hmm. have what's going on in Asgard and then we have what's going on in earth. If we can make it work, three. that's great. But I would
3: say you're of the opinion it doesn't because of the, the frost giant world is also like very distinctly. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I would say chill. Sure. Mm-hmm. Like
0: that's a colder tone. And then Muspelheim, yeah, which they flash by briefly is like a hotter tone,
2: a hotter place. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, from a design world. Um, I, I also think like the, they, the formula they were getting right or sort of getting to what they wanted to become is moving very quickly through plot and characters like we don't get I, I was surprised on the rewatching this how little of jane foster we get yeah like she's sort of not in the movie much and it's like oh they're in love oh they
3: can't see each other anymore well when and you we, hit a guy with your van i mean that's a classic meet cute and is he looks like chris
1: hemsworth although i didn't mm-hmm. really he doesn't really do it for me gotta say really yeah.
2: really He's because i you know gotta what? say
1: Ghostbusters Chris Hemsworth Oh yeah. Mm-hmm. Thor really Ragnar, not Chris Hemsworth. Gla- yeah. Oh yeah, that Not the personality, not the personality. Not at all. But <laughs> no. but the glasses, good look. Good look for him. Oh
0: my mm. god, that is this is way far afield, but it makes me consistently so mad that he improvised most of the stuff in Ghostbusters and is so funny <laughs> at it and Pernice. also so handsome at the same
1: time. Choose yeah. a lane, buddy.
3: He has it all. He truly has it all. I'm so glad that they finally let
1: him lean into the comedy um, because it does feel like by the time Ragnarok came around that Marvel also didn't take itself as seriously. Mm -hmm. And so with this one, they were like, we have to get this right. It's a like we're using our like B team here because all the other studios have all our A team. They have Spider-Man. They have the X-Men. They have the Fantastic Four. They have everybody else. So we're stuck with Iron Man. Captain America in a post nine eleven world, <laughs> Thor. You know? So, I mean, they made it work. I, yeah, it and they did. They made it work. It so, worked. like, yeah.
2: I also think it's interesting because the comic they're basing this on the the J M Straczynski, J Michael mm-hmm. Straczynski, he, and run, he's got right? A cameo. Yeah, and
0: it was. Uh, J. Michael Stradinsky and Olivia Quapel, Is that how you pronounce his last name? I think. Uh, sure. Uh, that, yeah. Wait. I wrote down the date <laughs> somewhere. It was September two thousand seven. They rebooted Thor. So.
2: And, yeah, and of, I think that that uh, era of Thor hasn't really aged well. It hasn't been like, oh, mm-hmm. that was something important. So I do think this movie stands out now as like. Why was it in New Mexico so much? <laughs> like, <laughs> it's very strange that um, the the Bifrost is like, if something gets lost in Asgard, it goes straight to New Mexico, the coldest, most Nordic place on earth well Uh, just
0: to give a little backstory there for anybody who doesn't know the comics the whole idea of that was that thor and the norse gods set up shop in this small town of broxton um and this gets back to what we were talking a little bit about with incredible hulk where that pulled on the it was bruce jones storyline right with the mr blue stuff where i i still think it's a very interesting thing i mean i think you're right that that run is not as lauded now as it was back when it first came out but the fact that it came out 2007 and they were essentially putting a lot of that in a movie in 2011 is interesting like it's interesting it's a quick turnaround and it's very different from decades of superhero films that were pulling odd stuff from the 40s for the 50s and 60s and that's kind of where they stopped
2: yeah, I agree. Because if he was, if Thor came out and was like, verily, and did all of that, fully shifting the tone into almost the Shakespearean style, I think it would have been even further afield than what they landed on in the movie.
0: Yeah.
3: I tell you what, I really appreciate is it. going from like uh, WandaVision being so close and loving that Cat Jennings part, then getting her, you know, her origin story here in Thor, just just magic. I mean, her comic timing in this movie. Uh, And eye rolling Is just Absolutely beautiful I was surprised also though She's Barely in it What a her She has like four
2: lines It feels like She
3: tases him Like a champ Yes she did Oh Pete Just (laughs) anybody
0: listening Pete just died He said She tases him And then he just Straight up died It was very sad
2: Yeah
0: uh, it's a really good cast. I mean, this is another thing that I think Kenneth Branagh did really well, is the large majority of the cast joined for him, not for Marvel stuff. You know, mm-hmm. they got relative unknowns in terms of Tom Hiddleston and Chris Hemsworth, who had done a lot of Australian Idris TV Alba. on one end. Well, but people like Idris Elba, people like Stellan Skarsgård, people like Anthony Hopkins, they all joined up because Kenneth Branagh was directing. Mm-hmm. Uh, and that really... Uh, totally get what you're saying in terms of they nail it with Thor Ragnarok, but I think that's probably at least partly on the casting directors, but I do think setting the tone for this part of the MCU can be credited to Kenneth Branagh, Mm -hmm. and... uh, Again, I know I'm in the tag for the movie, but I think he does a really good job directing it. Like, it's a good-looking movie as well. There are you some, love, like, re, love it. really <laughs> loved,
3: uh, beautiful shots uh, for sure. But then there's some shots where you're just going, kind of, can we just uh, – well, well, what side are we – it's just a little all over the place. What are
2: you – are you in film
3: school, Pete? You're bring, really bringing that heat. <laughs> well, re about- it, rewatching it, you're just kind of like, why are we – why is it – you know, a-
2: every Marvel movie is like all over the All the Iron Man stuff, he's flying all over the place. Falcon Winter Soldier was all dipsy doodle.
3: Well, there's I kinda, I kinda characters it, that though. fly.
1: That makes more sense. I mean, I kind of get it though, because it's to me, it kind of represents that. I mean, we're like, there's that one, I think, really gorgeous shot when we're first heading into Asgard, and it's the underside of the world that looks like a mountain, and then it yeah. flips, and you see it's like the underside. So it That's always it. gave me the sense that, like, we tend to think of like, it's all vertical or all, you know, horizontal or whatever, like a world on top of a world on top of a world. But this always gave me the sense that the nine realms were kind of, I mean, I know they're all on the tree, you know, but they're all kind of different angles and they're all different places in the universe. And so I don't think I minded that much, but I don't think it takes me out of it. Like I, you do note it. Um, if you pay attention to that stuff and you're giant film nerds, but, but it did take me out of it. I think <laughs> like Pete, like Pete, like Pete, yeah. clearly I you took film a Twitter.
3: I took an intro to film class. So, uh, <laughs> oh <Nice. laughs> so about you're 20 pretty. minutes ago.
2: <laughs> <laughs> uh, I mean, I agree. I like the way the world is built here. I think they do a great job. Yeah. I mean, so much.
3: I would just like to say on the record, I like golden organs as much as the next person. I think they're beautiful upside down organs. <laughs> Yeah, it looks like a giant church organ, the Asgard. <laughs> yeah, he's not
0: talking about organs inside of your body. He's I talking, thought about you were talking about
3: organ, yeah. organ, yeah. Yeah. Okay, sorry, go
0: ahead. Go ahead, Justin.
2: Uh, I was just going to say, I think the look of the movie is really well thought out. And to your point about um, Kenneth Branagh, like, he is meticulous. He's a meticulous director, and he wants to really, I feel like he really thinks about every every aspect of the movie It's just I think he was making this movie for a tone that that Marvel sort of slid right past as they were Mm -hmm. going on to the next one, Uh, because I'm a I'm as a classically trained actor. I you want to find a guy who's going to go to bat for a Shakespeare thing.
1: Mm -hmm. This is it. I mean, that's literally how he found Tom Hiddleston. He was what was it? I don't remember what play it was, but Hiddleston was doing something on the West End because, you Mm -hmm. know, I mean, I think in his heart, like if Tom Hiddleston could be on the stage all the time, he would. Um, But he found them doing, I don't remember (laughs) what it
2: one man show of, of Loki. Yeah, the Spider-Man exactly turned off the dark, wasn't
0: it? It? Was,
1: it was. It wasn't Reeve Carney. It was actually Tom Hiddleston underneath yeah. uh, that. No, but you're
0: right. He, he was doing a, yeah. a couple. He had done a couple of shows, I think, with Kenneth Branagh Yeah, at that
1: and point. was like, do you want to do, like, I have this thing coming up. I'm thinking we're going to be, like, real Shakespearean with it. You should try out, which is weird when you think back that he actually tried out for Thor because you're like, he's clearly, lo- like, Loki. Like, just, <laughs> yeah, like, so... Um, yeah, I I always thought that was interesting. But it, even like where he found them from, he got people that had plenty of, well, a few people that had plenty of stage experience.
0: Well, that's a good transition to talk talking to uh, talk about some almost casting stuff. So mm. um, there were a lot of different things. Like you mentioned, Tom Hiddleston auditioned for Thor, which very weird. Apparently he had to lose a lot of weight. They wanted to give him a hungry look as Loki is eventually what they went mm. for versus Chris Hemsworth who actually bulked up a lot for the part of course uh like most Marvel actors <laughs> at this point um but he Hemsworth was actually turned down at first like he tried mm. out for it and he got turned away uh the Shocked. other folks that tried out Liam Hemsworth his brother also tried out for it
1: didn't uh, get it obviously but he um, was actually actually uh ahead of Hem- Chris Hemsworth at one right. point wasn't uh, he like they yeah, actually were so. like more into Liam Hemsworth, which Hemsworth battle. Yeah.
0: <laughs> yeah. Third Hemsworth, nowhere in
2: that conversation. Oh man. No. He's kinda kinda multi, <laughs> multi-year deal for Westworld. Um, yes. 20 years. Year. <laughs> Poor guy. Uh also
0: Kevin McKid from Poor Rome, God. who actually would have been kind of great. I think he's really good. Uh Triple H, the wrestler. Oh yeah. Uh Charlie Noodham. Charlie Hunnam, mm. which feels like kind of a, almost a one-for-one, one, maybe a little less talent, not quite as funny. Alexander Skarsgård, which also maybe a little, a little more Loki. Uh, Joel Kinnaman. Daniel Craig was actually offered the role. Like, he was straight up offered the role of Thor. And he said, no, I'm doing James Bond. I can't do that. Mm -hmm. Okay. Uh,
1: I mean, all right. Calm down, Daniel Craig. It's better
0: this way. Yes. Uh, And on the other side of things, a couple of other ones. Uh, Charlie Cox, apparently, who played Daredevil, Mm audition for Loki, uh, which I didn't know until I was doing the research before this. Um, And uh, this is one I'm real glad didn't happen. Mel Gibson, Mm -hmm. apparently, was approached for Odin and said no Uh. thanks. Wow. So, hey, wow! we dodged a bullet.
1: <laughs> oh, no, no. I would say fun sidebar about Charlie Cox auditioning for things, just real quick. Uh, one of my favorite anecdotes of his, and you guys might know this already, um, he auditioned for one of the Star Wars movies. But mm. it was, and he never said what role, but it was when he was in the middle of shooting and like preparing and, and like just in the middle of Daredevil. And he spent so much of his time being a blind man on the show that when he went into the audition, he was still in like Matt Murdoch, like blind modes. So like he wouldn't look anybody in the eye. Like he wouldn't, like he just did not, like, he just, he would like look off, you know, angle. He'd look at the floor a lot. He'd like, he'd never meet people in the eye. He was always looking kind of like left of center because he was so used to doing that as Matt Murdoch. Oh, and, man. and, um, oh. and he realized when he walked out because he is not in fact blind he was like yes. i probably looked like i it was just a disaster because i just looked like i just wouldn't look at anybody and i wouldn't like, like interact <laughs> with anybody head on and so it but was a very. Odd, like, it was, was not like, a great interview. I part. like what
3: he's doing. I think yeah. I'm going to take that part. Blind Jedi, and use perfect it for the movie.
1: <laughs> yeah, and then they use that later for Donnie Yen's character. Um,
3: <laughs> yeah,
1: but uh, but yeah, that always made me laugh. That Charlie Cox was just like too much Daredevil in two deep and his yeah. Star Wars.
0: That's so funny. Uh Another one which I Wait, can't I just, believe. I just oh, want yes, to quickly B. say Sorry, yes, you were going to uh, say
3: something. We were talking about casting, and I just wanted to throw in there: Renee Russo, also really amazing. Choice. Mm-hmm. Yes. She... Another one who's not really, she's great. She's
0: not really in that movie. And if you go watch the deleted scenes, almost every single one of her scenes got deleted from the movie, which is wild. Um, To be fair, they're not great or necessary scenes, nothing against her. But it's kind of a bummer. She doesn't get to do much. She gets to do a little more in Dark World, right?
3: unfortunately it also yeah. also, yeah. also then, unfortunately guys yeah <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> they, do, they use her later and stuff but yeah mm. underused for sure
1: some yeah. of the deleted scenes are interesting because there are a lot with thor and loki as well that build them up a little bit more as brothers rather than mm. rivals yeah. and it actually shows like the genuine love they have and i get why they cut them um because it was already i mean it's not a long movie but for the first thor movie and marvel still early on like it's long enough um But it's interesting because it feels like taking those scenes out really changed the dynamic between the brothers pretty quickly, Um, where it it would have been a little more sympathetic, I think, uh, a little bit more of a tragedy. And this went pretty much right to Loki being like Loki, you know, Mm -hmm. um, real quickly into the movie.
2: Yeah, I feel like in the movie, it's more about is Loki good at being a villain or bad at it, as opposed to like, is he uh, uh, his his brother's...
1: Thoughts about how the MCU treated Loki, but we can talk about that later.
2: <laughs> oh wow! No, no, let's <laughs> do heavy it. breath. Yeah, let's get into I'm gonna it. I want to hear it.
1: So he, I love him in the comics, um, and I think the MCU has done a real disservice to him. I think it's mm. really it's done a lot of this with a lot of its magic users, where it's nerfed almost all of them uh, to start yeah. with. Um, which I mean, I understand because like when you're first setting up the world, like you have like a witch who can literally rewrite you know, reality with you know, <laughs> chaos, magic, and then you have like a dude with a shield. Like, come on, you know. So um, like all due respect to Steve Rogers, but like, come on. So I can see why, but it's never I'm this is why I'm excited for the series coming up, because it's never really like there was a I can't remember what comic book it was, but Silver Surfer at one point mentioned like Loki's abilities. Like he's so powerful, he could probably decimate, like destroy a planet. And um I always think that the MCU, and he's also been a really, um, really good villain in the comics in that. A lot of times, like, his, he doesn't show his hand as, like, often. Like, he's not as obvious, and he doesn't need as much attention in the comics. And I feel like the MCU, in a lot of ways, has kind of not only nerfed his power, but also his manipulative abilities. And has kind of really turned him in this, like, almost like a bumbling, like, con man, where it just, I feel like he just hasn't gotten his chance to shine and it really feels like Marvel knew early on like oh we fucked up like this is the guy everybody really cares about <laughs> but we can't give him his own movie because we have a plan for the MCU and we can't give him his own movie shit like and they kept bringing him back and bringing him back like he was supposed to die and they brought him back and he's supposed to die and now they're like do you want a series because <laughs> like people care so much about you and we feel I still feel like they've never it's almost the same problem with Winter Soldier I feel like they've never they never fully figured out how to use him um and it was kind of the same thing with loki too where i feel like they just don't give him the respect that he should have from who he is in the comics
2: i feel like they're they're nervous about giving them more than one trick mm-hmm. like it feels like with loki it's like he can sort of be in multiple places and create doubles of himself And a couple other little zipper zaps, uh, but not much (laughs) else, because then it's like, well, what I think that confuses the way the big fights will play out if there's more power there. And we went in the comics. I think we're like, well, of course, you can do other things. There's this huge continuity backing it all up. And we sort of believe in that more. And movies are so contained. I think it's harder for them Mm -hmm. to. To deal well, I, with that.
0: I do think the other part of it, which we touched on a little bit earlier, is how they are setting up magic in the MCU with this movie, which we yeah. talked about this a little bit with Wad Division. But if you look back specifically at this movie, the conversation that Thor and Jane Foster have, the the whole what you call magic, we call science conversation, and he's drawing the world tree and showing its different planets and all this stuff, which at the time... I thought, super clever. I remember coming out of the movie theater after seeing that and thinking, oh, that's smart. They've figured out a way to make this work for general movie theater audiences, make it work with the Iron Man movies where it doesn't feel too far afield. And that's why you don't
2: believe in science, right? No, I'm
0: anti-science. And then 10 years
2: death. (laughs)
0: No signs, no thanks. Uh, and then 10 years down the road in WandaVision, you have like straight up witch battles happening in the past. Yeah. And that's fine because people have gotten used to it at this point. So, uh, to your point, Alicia, I think a part of it is that they. Whether they're right or not, they felt like they had to set this up this way to make it relatively muted in terms of the magic, not overpower everybody, have everybody at this very even level. But I think to the benefit, now that audiences are all in the tag for the MCU, a decade later, it's okay. And they can like pull Mm -hmm. the lid off a little bit with all of this stuff.
1: Yeah, it it really feels like MCU, like they're like, okay, we got through the Infinity Gauntlet arc. Now we're getting weird, like multiverse. <laughs> yeah. We got weird, like alternate weird. realities. We got multiverses. Probably some of the other Spider Mans are coming back, like Spider Man, Spider Mans, Spider think Spider Mans
2: is actually the correct use. Right? <laughs> Spider
1: Mans, they're coming back probably. Yeah, maybe Charlie Cox is Daredevil. Who knows?
2: Yeah. I, I agree, and like it, the Loki series, like even if he is sort of depowered, which it may be even it feels like it might be even more depowered uh, based on what we've seen so far. the way they're everything else is driving toward that series i think i'm super excited Mm -hmm. for that because the trick the trickery side i think will be high
1: that look Uh, yeah that's i wrote a piece about that a couple weeks or maybe a month or so ago about how it looks like they're finally gonna get back to his like hey do we remember he's the god of mischief like the trickster god because we all seem to keep forgetting that because he's really bad at tricking people
2: like he either
1: he either just announces that he's the one behind the plan because he wants the attention or it's like blatantly obvious that he's what he's trying to do like the thing he's trying to pull so i hope that all his grandstanding in the trailers and stuff is um i hope that they're not setting it up for like a red herring where he still continues to be kind of mm, bumbling like his ego gets in the way of his planning
3: I hear you. I also think it's a good problem to have, though, that Marvel has these Mm -hmm. things that they haven't quite explored yet. Like, I would, I think that's a great opportunity for the Loki series to kind of get into what they're going to do and what they're going to not. And I hope they do, because otherwise, you're right, what a waste. But I do hope that, like, moving forward, When they listen to fans and there's a ton of outcry for more Loki and more Winter Soldier stuff. So I think it's like if they are going to circle back around or whatever, uh, they got some great opportunities and hopefully they do do that. But yeah, I, I hear what you're saying for sure.
0: Just to throw it back to the movie, though, for a second, I do think there's some things that Tom Hiddleston does in the movie that are wonderful, like really, Mm. really well done just in terms of delivery of lines and the way that he does things. Uh, The first ones that come to mind, I'm blanking on the exact line. I think it's the scene where he's confronting Odin about being a frost giant. And he just has this line where he sort of spits at him and goes, is it? Is it the way that he says that that's so sharp and so specific? Um, Love that moment. His whole relationship, even if a lot of it ended up on the cutting room floor, I think – He and Chris Hemsworth have really good chemistry together. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And the scene where he goes in and lies to Thor and tells him that Odin is dead when he's wearing the suit in the S.H.I.E.L.D. headquarters is great. There's so many different emotions that are going on there. I love the little beat at the end where he tries to pick up Mjolnir and he can't and gets very frustrated about it. Um, Just good stuff. You can see even if... Um, again to your point Alicia that he's a little underdeveloped in the magic you can mm-hmm. see why people at the Tumblr crowd in particular just hooked into him absolutely immediately with this movie
3: as Kat says uh, meow meow which I really appreciated her uh, with everybody mm-hmm. kind of saying the, the name in different ways a little bit so I thought that was great um, but yeah I just think that like uh, I, I I agree and uh, yeah I f- completely forgot what I was going to say so please <laughs>
0: <laughs> thanks for interrupting yeah. pete alicia you stuck with it you stuck with it i had something and <laughs> you, to, I I, you tell you're going you're trying to get there like maybe i'll remember
1: about it's when i get done with the exactly. uh yeah. shit it's not there the
0: entire time we've been talking pete has been sitting here in his head going
3: "Now, now 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 i do that part <laughs>
0: meow, meow. and he finally got a chance to say
1: yeah. it um uh, i was gonna say it's the one scene that got me that really i think really indicates how duplicitous and manipulative he can be. And I thought it was really well done by him. And the way that, that it was written and kind of the way it was shot is the scene right after uh, um, Thor and Odin get in the fight because Thor wants to go for the Frost Giants and Odin rightfully says no. And then they're sitting on the stairs and Loki leans over and is just like, this is like the Loki is the snake in the ear like that yeah. I really appreciate. He's like, I think you are right, I think. And then so on the surface, he can deny everything. He told Thor it was a bad idea to go yeah he told thor you know like he didn't say anything about going to jotunheim that's uh all he said uh, was he was just being supportive of thor but he never said so like it was just the way that tom hiddleston plays that scene he is every time like every person you've ever known that has like played both sides of something or like you'll go to a friend or that person will go to a friend or whatever and be like oh yeah i think this person like they're they're in the wrong or whatever and then you go to the other friend like in the middle mm-hmm. of the fight and you're like oh no i think they were wrong like i can totally see where you're coming from and you're like man he's just the way he plays that scene it's so subtle but it's so good because you can see that there's a whole other like layer yeah. happening underneath it and i think brownout does a really good job of shooting that scene too to kind of really play up um the fact that like thor you fool you can he's he's playing you right now and but he's just so, and I think Hemsworth does a good job of being that like super hot headed, like, you know, Um yeah. it's really obvious how young they both are in this movie. It's so insane to look at both of them. Yes. They're so young. Yeah.
3: Yeah, I agree. That was the scene I was going to talk about because he says to her, You're welcome. He he says to Thor, like, whatever you (laughs) do, don't disobey him. You don't want to go and disobey Mm -hmm. him, do you? And it's just such a great way of, like, it's like these two assholes know how to poke me and get me fired up in the wrong direction. And it's it's that kind of classic brother knowing a little bit too much about the other to kind of get them worked up to make them Mm -hmm. do what you want. And, and, uh, uh, as someone who uh, does get hot-headed and make horrible decisions, it was it was very cool the way they kind of and like you said shot that, played that, acted that. It was really cool. Mm-hmm. Do you have any Do
2: you have any Loki's in your life, Pete? That you would consider the yeah, person? Yeah, the guy who currently
3: are? looks just like Loki right now—that's you, guy. <laughs> <laughs> um,
1: he's more Tony Stark. He has the he has mm-hmm. the goatee. Yeah. But,
3: but
2: that's part of my illusion, I guess. <laughs> just glamour. <laughs> yeah.
3: But also the uh acting moment of when Loki was uh first kind of taking the throne and it was shot like upside down first and then kind of turned a little bit, so that was cool.
1: What when is with the, you the, and the camera angles? Wait. <laughs> I know you I'm
2: telling you. This guy just read took a master class with Martin Scorsese. Hey, I got something. a
3: bit, I'm gonna run with it, you know what I mean?
2: <laughs> that's not a bit – that's not a bit. Um, and the scene where the, the feint where it's Loki who uh, zaps uh, Laufey as he's about to kill Odin, I thought was just – it really is a, a Loki-Thor duo movie mm-hmm. um, and because you really – there are great surprises throughout that pay off all the stuff that you guys are talking about. Well, on the other uh, end of
0: the spectrum, uh, talking about Chris Hemsworth as Thor, I do think mm-hmm. he – has chemistry with basically everybody. I know you're... uh, One of you. One of you is You can have chemistry with a
2: tree. Exactly. Chris Hemsworth, like... The camera loves this guy.
0: Yeah. I mean, even if Natalie Portman doesn't get a ton to do as Jane Foster and she's not necessarily in the movie, they do have really good chemistry together. And she's somebody that... It was, a, it was a bummer. That was the one thing that I really kind of missed in Thor Ragnarok and the further movies. I understand why she did not come back for them, because she didn't need to. But she's great, and they're great together, and this is mm-hmm. very much jumping ahead, but I'm excited to see them together again. Uh, yeah. One little note about her that I thought was kind of neat that I didn't realize. So, in the comics, uh, Jane Foster is a doctor. She is paired up with Donald Blake, who's the human guise of Thor. He's also a doctor. Um, in the movie, of of course, she's a scientist, and this is something beyond the Kenneth Branagh of it all that really apparently drew her to the movie. And she worked with them pretty heavily on developing because she felt like this is a very unique, very different thing for a superhero movie to have somebody that can inspire particularly young girls who are going to come see the movie in STEM to potentially be scientists, see somebody who's a proactive mm-hmm. scientist. Um, and that's great. I'm glad she did that. That was kind of yeah. my whole point about it.
3: Ah. <laughs>
1: Yeah, that was always the crazy thing. And like, even early on in the MCU is the casting, like not just in Thor, but all of the movies. Like Marvel has always, that's been its, I don't, it's not even a secret weapon. It's just their their fundamental thing that everything builds on. The casting is, like, I think the only maybe misstep, real misstep they've ever made was Finn Jones as Iron Fist. Maybe mm-hmm. Terrence Howard as Rhodey, because like, come on, Don Cheadle, upgrade um but
2: controversial on this podcast
1: yeah but um like they just don't miss with casting and that is
2: so hard in all of the movies they made to nail the casting it's unbelievable yeah
1: yeah like they just don't miss and and now you have like you look at lineups like their movie lineups and it's like is this an oscar movie or is this a marvel movie because it's just it's ridiculous
0: yeah um what well, just to talk about Natalie Portman, what do you guys think about Jane Foster in the
3: movie? Uh, you, I mean, I you know, I thought it was you know the classic meet cute with uh running somebody over with your van twice. I mean, she backs up over him, uh, the second time, which she was this hilarious little moment. It's like, I'll I tell didn't you mean what, to do I, that again, again.
0: I'm in the tank for the movie. I laugh at that every yeah. time. It is a how very are we gonna find him? I don't take.
3: know. I'm just gonna back up this tr- giant, it's very funny band thing that I have um and th- some of the jeep van shots by the way you know like riding off into the sunset together mm-hmm. really like, great i mean you get a lot of great jeep van mm-hmm. fun and it's 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 good times
1: yeah but were they dutch angles mm-hmm. yeah you love the wide
2: shot they used on that <laughs> Uh,
0: this is getting a little away from Natalie Portman, but it just did remind me that one of the other things that I really like about the film, and I understand this is part of the fish out-of-water thing, but I love the fact that they immediately take the air out of Thor. Like, the second he hits mm-hmm. Earth, he gets hit by a yeah. car, taken to a hospital, they stick the needle yeah, in as his body. he like, gets hit I by a car again. Thor. Yeah, like, that was great. It's It's immediate, like, it sets up... Exactly the place he's in and how far afield he is from where he was before. Mm. Uh, and this is, it's, I watched the movie again with my wife and she was like, This movie is dumb. Why does he become a completely different person in 24 hours? And I was like, Well, first of all, we're getting divorced. Oh! Second of all, uh, <laughs> this is, is it weird Inevitable. to announce that on the podcast? Uh, well, you've no, told her, I was or... like, That's actually the thing that I really like about the movie. And I know I said this earlier, is how simple the arc is, that it's just, he immediately gets knocked down one million pegs. Nothing goes right for him. He thinks his dad is dead. He can't get his hammer. He doesn't have any of his powers. And he's like, all right, well, I guess I'll try being a good guy instead.
2: And he's like, he's committed to living on Earth and just like goofing around and falling yeah. in love with Natalie Portman. Yeah.
1: Literally, nice. Basically, he runs into a hot girl that tells him no once. Yeah
3: exactly yeah, exactly Works and, every and time. he's like wow
1: well, maybe i'm not all the hot sure. shit i should rethink my <laughs> life my thousand year <laughs> long life and he does so basically tldr natalie portman is magic yeah Yes. <laughs> like basically. Yeah, but he's,
0: well, what you see as uh, magic. We call science. So he's
1: basically yes. uh, making. Except they always refer to Loki's stuff as magic. They're like, <laughs> yes, nah. but yeah, except mm. for the yeah you know, the wizard over there.
3: He's yes. basically making breakfast and then realizing he's been a piece of shit and then like hands people over some eggs and was like, "Sorry, I'm now a new person." And uh you know, sometimes <laughs> it just takes. Pete, if breakfast. you
0: got drunk with Stellan Skarsgård, wouldn't you be a new person in yeah. the morning?
3: Yeah. That was mm-hmm. a great thing where the knock on the door and you think, well, maybe it's, uh, mm-hmm. who's it going to be? And, uh, you know, he's carrying them Money. and he's completely wasted. It's just, uh, it's adorable. There's a lot of adorable, fun uh, moments with Thor, which is mm-hmm. nice. They're, that's what makes them, you know, like he has these kind of like, oh, huge blonde guy. You
1: don't mean so bad. He's my goal is I want to slowly get all the scars guards into the MCU. Uh, mm-hmm. Just bring that's, all of them in slowly. You, that's you your
0: own personal Infinity Gauntlet Is all of the scars just guards.
1: collecting all the scars guards? Yes, my Pokemon I deck. <laughs> uh, I,
2: I think though, like he's overpuffed in the beginning. He's like it's like a big uh, whole thing, and then when they undercut it so hard, that's the bones of why Thor is such a comedy character in the back end mm-hmm. of the the rest of the movies. And I think it's. It's great. That's why I think this movie does get credit. Not as much as Alex, star old hard eye Alex over here is going to give it. But I do think it's all right there. They just need to to blow it up, which they do a couple
3: mm-hmm. movies
0: later. Uh, I'll, let me talk about the one part I don't think works ooh, about the movie. This ought to be interesting. Is the Warriors 3. Oh, I, I think they're kind of shoved in there, they don't quite work. Mm. They're sort of there just for that first action sequence on the Frost Giants planet. Uh, and you, that's pretty much no, it. No, the
3: second time when they go yeah. back down to save Thor.
0: Yeah, what do they do? <laughs> Volstar yeah. so disappears. A hilarious moment where he goes,
3: found you! And is waving through the glass. That
0: is fun. Mm-hmm. I like the actors. I know you like Ray Stevenson because he's also the Punisher. Yeah. Was that confusing at no, all to no, you, No, he Pete? had a beard
3: on, so it made okay. it clear. Oh, okay. I
2: I did like the joke of Xena, Jackie Chan, and Robin Hood. It was a pretty Mm -hmm, funny mm -hmm. uh, little bit. But otherwise, I agree with you, Alex. They don't do much. Sif, on the other hand, is awesome. Yeah. Yeah, The whole time.
1: They also waste her because she's like the only one that knows. Like from the beginning, the minute that's going back to the scene where Loki's sitting down on the step with Thor and he's whispering in his ear, Sif knows immediately. She's like... That motherfucker's doing Fuck something. This guy, yeah. I know, like I know he's doing something. <laughs> I don't know what he's doing, but I know it's not good, and I know it's going to lead to bad things. And then she's so you can, and that that's kind of true to the comics and also Norse mythology, where she's the one that has his she never really trusts Loki. Like she kind of sees him from the beginning, and where the other ones are like with Fandral's, like he's he's a he likes to play pranks, it's but nice you know, um, yeah. Yeah. and then they don't do anything with the Warriors Three, which. It would be really cool to get, you know, we're not going to, but it would be fun to get, like, a Disney Plus spinoff of them, mm-hmm. like, of that time where they were in Across the Nine Realms trying to keep order uh, between Thor and Thor Ragnarok because Logie just let the Nine Realms go to absolute hell because he was busy <laughs> just putting on a play yeah, about himself. Was. So I want either a Disney spinoff of the, those the Warriors 3 and Sif going Across the Nine Realms, and also a mockumentary series ah. of them putting on the play in Mm -hmm. Asgard. That's That's very fun.
0: Yeah, I mean, like you guys are saying, I think, not to armchair edit, Pete, that's a term you probably learned in your class. Mm -hmm. Uh, (laughs) The the movie, but I think you could have just had Sif there and it would have served the same Mm -hmm. purpose. It feels like they put in the Warriors 3 because they're in the comics and that's it. And I love them in the comics. And it's nothing against the actors who are totally fine, but uh, Sif serves that purpose. They're also there.
2: Mm-hmm. A couple more people for Thor to sacrifice himself for mm-hmm. um, was was helpful, I mm-hmm. guess. But yeah, I agree with you. And the play would have been called "Waiting for Odin's Son." Is that
0: uh, yeah? I Waiting think so. for Goffman? Mm-hmm. Is that a That works. That works. Yeah. I'm into it. There's a, also there is a really nice beat at the end. Like they don't really play the Sif Thor relationship as a romantic one necessarily throughout the movie. But there's that great beat at the end where she's standing with Frigga, Rene Russo, and. Talking about how he is just waiting and looking for Natalie Portman, and uh, Jamie Alexander just has this very subtle, just sort of sad look on her face while it happens, that it tells you everything you need to know, and I really like that bit.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: Uh,
1: yeah, I'll, yeah. We'll go if, <laughs> we're gonna start keeping track. Me too. Um, it's a. Uh, I think something with the Warriors three and with Sith, it feels like, and it kind of, I think I mentioned on this or mentioned this before is that it feels a little bit like in the early like MCU movies, maybe with this one, they try to adapt the comics almost a little too faithfully. Like, well, these characters, we have to get in this character. We have to get in as opposed to just um, like Taika Waititi is like, nah, everything you love about the comics, not doing any of that. Like we're doing our own thing and it works. um, But I think it suffers a little bit too much from that because they tried to get all these characters in that they thought mm-hmm. were important. And then, but it's really a movie about Thor and Loki and to some extent, Jane Foster. And so it's like, you have to, and that's a fair, like three people. That's a pretty fair, um, you know, that's a lot to juggle on one movie. That's not that long. So unfortunately, like you said, a lot of these characters, like even, like Frigga and all the Warriors Three and Sif and all the rest, they just don 't really have much to do on screen. They make it work the little bit they do have, but they just don 't have a lot to do
0: uh, on the other hand, something that I do think they balance pretty well, certainly better than they do in Iron Man two that 's not you know the biggest feat in the world, mm-hmm. is shield. I think the way mm-hmm. that shield is integrated in the movie actually works really nicely. Colson works really yeah. nicely here as well, Love and it feels. Integral to the arcs of the characters in the movie versus Iron Man 2, where they just like we were talking about on last week's podcast, just sort of pop up every once in a while and they're like, Uh, gotta go to the Southwest, yeah. But that's see
3: you later. That's the fun thing about uh, uh, you know, we got to see what he was talking about in this movie, right? We got to see what was going down in New (laughs) Mexico and what it was uh, Mm all. So that was uh, it's a fun, nerdy
2: payoff. It's Coulson's. It's Coulson's story. Yeah,
3: exactly. Saying. We're all just in Coulson's world. You know what I mean? That they are seen as an outside
0: antagonistic force, and we, as the moviegoers, we as comic book fans, know no Shield is the good guys. They're the ones that we're rooting for. But the way that they make them work here, it, mm-hmm. it's it's an interesting angle, and it works for the world, and it works for the burgeoning MCU where you don't exactly know where they stand. Yeah, because Colson,
3: Yeah, I have a, I have a Coulson that, actually says that. You know, as he's uh, taken uh, you know, the scientists' stuff, he's like, no, 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 we're the good guys. And
2: mm-hmm. I have a controversial statement. I think Colson and Nick Fury should be just Nick Fury. Nick Fury should be doing all of Colson's stuff.
1: You, you take yeah. that back. Yeah, exactly.
2: <laughs> Coulson, I mean, or or they're all like, it's just Colson isn't Nick Fury. And you really you want it to be Nick Fury. Shut your whorish
1: <laughs> mouth. Phil Colson yeah. is his own man. I know, but here's he the thing. Doodle.
2: He doesn't, yeah, we're but. not going to get him back. He, he's done, right? Are we going to get him back? You don't yeah. know that. No.
1: You, don't know. Shh.
2: So, you don't know. So <laughs> Nick Fury gets to just walk into scenes at the end of the movie oh, and yeah. say like one or two lines. Nick Fury should be the one in there who's doing that Have work. Have you ever worked at a it's the same charact- <laughs> like like character. the characters. Yeah, it. exactly. The boss doesn't do everything. All right? He's this is important
3: work. This is important yeah, work. Yeah, that's what and it's, Coulson's it's for. Just- to go do the shit and then report Coulson- back Coulson to Coulson Fury. Coulson pretty much
1: ran Shield for a while. Like after everything fell, like he's not and like that's a. I'm not saying Coulson did doing a, a bad job or something. To he should get be it fired.
2: Where it is,
3: and now like <laughs> let him
2: no. I'm not trying to get your buddy fired it from his like corporate it, job. seems like you are. What I'm trying You're to like, say well, is it's You're like, these extra-
3: assholes those... who in Like, oh, we don't need this guy, this guy, or this guy. Get rid of them all. Saved you $1,000. Yeah. See you later. Uh,
2: just trying to downsize yeah. S.H.I.E.L.D. There's government a thousand cuts. $1,000? How much do you think people get <laughs> I paid? I don't know. I was just... Doesn't? No. Right. Film school. Um, the, uh, <laughs> I'm just saying it's two characters occupying a similar role, and they we don't... don't know how... We don't need that.
3: you don't walk into mcdonald's and say where the fuck is ronald mcdonald why isn't he on the fries i do say that every time i walk (laughs) in there because i'm sick of that clown being absent and letting his fries suffer you don't because the food's not as good fries are fantastic don't even start
1: see i feel like they occupy two different roles though like phil colson's the front facing like he's the public facing uh interfacer how many times can i say face in a sentence he's the (laughs) face facing facer Um, But he kind of does all the public facing stuff where Nick Fury is the one that operates in the shadows. So if you think about it, Nick Fury is the secret Avengers. Mm -hmm. He's capped secret Avengers and Phil Coulson operates like Tony Stark's, you know, above board Avengers, because you kind of need both in intelligence. And so... And that's also fair. Nick Fury's a bastard. So can you imagine him showing up to a scene like that and being like, shut your fucking mouth. Like we're <laughs> taking your stuff. We're yeah, leaving. Exactly. Where Coulson's like, really sorry. Here's a check. We're the good yep. guys. With That little like Phil Coulson smirk on his face. And so you're like, I kind of want to punch this guy, but also I kind of don't. So <laughs> that's I can, fair, see, why they, I can I, see why they don't send Nick Fury out on missions like that.
2: But I do, I'm not saying that they could have modulated Nick Fury's uh, character a little bit, but I do think, they, they, that dichotomy that you just laid out Didn't amount to much at the end of How the day you. It just sort of went away You know what I mean?
1: Well, the funny thing is, team, we will fight you for Coulson. Apparently, <laughs> <laughs> we're learning. I know.
0: Uh, the funny thing is that Sam Jackson actually thought he was in the movie. They apparently, when they announced Thor in the trades, he was part of the announcement, and so he called his agent. It was like, great, what are we do? It I'm getting paid, and they're like, oh no, 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 you're not actually in the movie. And <laughs> well, then actually, he shows yeah. up, yeah, and then he shows up in the after credits. But that's like we were talking about the last time. That's part of the pattern mm-hmm. of that was filmed by the Avengers crew, not by the Thor crew. So. Technically, he's part of the uh,
2: Speaking of agents, do you think um, Idris Elba is still firing his agent uh, from his role in the <laughs> Dude, MCU? what are you talking
3: about? He God, killed he so it wasted. in that role. That was awesome. His accent was cool. He hated it, though.
1: He hated it. Like, because they, he, was, he wasted. was wasted. He was <laughs> absolutely It wasted. was amazing.
3: It Great character. He killed it. Like, that whole scene where he's no. still trying to cut Loki's throat as he's freezing. Badass! Yeah, it
2: at the end of the movie, I wanted him to say to Thor, so if the bridge is broken, can I go be another character? Yeah. In the <laughs> eyes,
1: or or the he deal? would have said to Thor, I don't think you need me here. You guys get this fixed or, or if he yeah. would have said to
3: Thor, hey, if you just were to fucking listen to me from the beginning instead of blowing past me and not understand, like, oh.
1: Uh. Well, he let them through. Heimdall let them through, mm-hmm. remember? Because Heimdall said, um, "I'm basically Heimdall's like, what's his line? Nothing escapes my Sight and this got past me so i like i would i'd would be very curious to know how this happened and then it makes me laugh they're like how could this have happened and loki master <laughs> yeah. like mage sorcerer is just standing there like like whistling and you know looking around and <laughs> and it, that's that scene where the the warriors three and sif are talking about it there is uh was it hogan that's like suddenly it clicks and he's like oh yeah the only way they could have like snuck them in is it would have taken a master magic user and there's like two in the kingdom so <laughs> yeah. or at least that they show so yeah. they i, I feel like accuse,
0: half... they accuse odin first like that's their first move it's like it's definitely oh, Odin, crazy. and then they're like wait is there anybody else who could have done it yeah. Yeah. <laughs> or, Think. Nah, think, think,
2: think. half of heimdall's lines are hmm, i've I see all, but I miss this little thing here. Uh, okay, <laughs> well, I'll just keep putting this sword in this little hole. Yeah. Um, who who would Idris Elba? What who should he be playing in the Marvel Cinematic Universe?
3: Any Good any throws question? What he wants?
1: Yeah, <laughs> yeah, oh, yeah. It's, like, it's like phenomenal. what? Spider Man.
3: Yeah, there yeah. are all <laughs> the characters. Um, I just.
2: Uh, I, ha- I okay. have one. Uh, I s- asked a question so okay, that I sorry, can see my answer. <laughs> uh, I want to see what if – you're being what a if, real Nick Fury yeah. here, just running
0: everything yourself. <laughs> no, I, I'm being Coulson, I think. Uh, in this oh, case. you're being Coulson.
2: Okay. Uh, I, bishop. I wanna bishop. I want to see the bishop, the sort of mid-90s Idris Elba bishop where he comes from the future and is like, hey – Shit's all fucked up Let's fix this And he's the The catalyst And main character Of an X-Men movie
0: Well while we're Going X-Men What about like Magneto or something oh, like that'd or That would be
2: amazing Yeah be I mean he though. could do He could yeah.
1: do anything He'd be a fun Mr. Fantastic too Ooh. Ooh
2: that's cool
1: Do that'd be a very different that. mr fantastic but it'd be honestly I'd put him in anything yeah, exactly. pepper pots yeah, exactly. <laughs> it's fine i right? just
0: uh, very into that idea um before we wrap up the shield section we should mention of course a huge debut here hawkeye yeah. shows up in the movie mm-hmm. um
3: that's so funny that's it <laughs> yes. no, he's that's in, a, he's no, in no, a cage he's in a basket line where he's like i'm starting to root for him here was great. That was yeah. a cool like, you know, he's seeing everything it was a good line. that's going on. It's, sure.
1: it's a little hint of the fact that they were really going to start leaning into a little bit with the kind of the Matt Fraction humor for Hawkeye's yeah. character. Um, yeah. so yeah, that was like just one line. You're like, "Oh, I like yeah, this guy." Exactly.
2: Yeah. It's They're just They're not going to pay rad. off until The upcoming series, I guess, because he is wildly self-serious for every other movie.
1: (laughs) Except for, like, a couple of his lines in Age of Ultron, which were, like, the lines where he stole the show. Oh, my God. He was like, oh, I just
3: stick him out. Nobody would notice. Oh, that was so funny. Yeah. Fun I have stuff. arrows, the city is yeah.
1: flying, we're surrounded by robots, the city is <laughs> flying, and I have arrows. Nothing yeah. makes sense. You know, bone and and arrows.
0: That thing is so funny, though, the Hawkeye cameo in there, because clearly they're doing it to set up his appearance in Avengers. They're trying to tie everything together the same mm-hmm. way that they introduced Black Widow in Iron Man 2. But it's so clearly filmed at an entirely different time, and maybe even an entirely different place, and then inserted into the shots later. It's Oh.
1: It, it doesn't. Did you go to the same film yeah, store? I did. Him. I've yeah. been watching it a while. He well, went to. <laughs>
2: <laughs> wow. The, Welcome to the yeah. podcast, Alicia. Roasting people, I
0: love it. Um, uh, I, I guess my point is that like I think they threw it in there to be like oh shit it's Hawkeye from the right. fans but it mm-hmm. immediately is glaring and on the side and would have worked better if they had integrated into the movie in some way like make Hawkeye part of the mm-hmm. movie don't just have him show up or not
1: you can show up with Coulson and then really drive Justin yeah. crazy yeah exactly,
0: <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Cut I'm also Cut here to
2: <laughs> uh, they it looks like they literally put him in a construction lift in Atlanta and we're mm-hmm. like hey climb up here we're going to turn the lights off and shoot this real quick uh, <laughs> none of it Makes sense, it's
3: right. The, right. It like that's what yeah. they did. the line before it was like, all right, somebody get a gun on him, and he goes and grabs an, uh, a bow and arrow, and you're like, wait, what?
2: Yeah, quick arrow guy, get in the most wobbly, <laughs> uh, uh, difficult place for you to shoot an arrow from. Uh,
0: before we start to wrap up here, any other scenes well, or things that folks want to call out? Yes, Pete, what other angles? Yeah,
3: did you so uh, I. What's <laughs> nice uh, about watching this now is there's a fun amount of tension knowing who's Hydra. Like the fact, like we saw a couple, I'm like, Oh shit. Set it right next to Cole City's Hydra. Oh, like there's, yeah. there's a fun amount of tension mm-hmm. going back and rewatching it now. Um, also just uh, a lot more love for Kat and seeing all that she's been through. And also a lot of hopes. Uh, that uh, Jane and Thor can kind of work it out and get back together because their Meet Cute was strong. And, uh, you know, when he went
1: would kiss her hand, gets you in the field. Meet Cute with a strong Dutch angle. That's who. His, that's his.
2: You should see his romantic comedy. It's a short film, it's very hard to
3: watch, it makes you seasick. Uh, but her, Jane's OMG moment was just so much fun to see again.
2: Well, on that tip, I feel like when that hammer was finally flying toward Thor and Jane on the ground there, I was like, maybe she grabs it. Yeah!
3: Maybe she grabs mm-hmm. it this time.
2: <laughs>
1: maybe, yeah, maybe
0: they refilmed the movies. since the last time you saw it. Yeah.
1: This is one of the things, though, like you said, Pete, it's so much fun to go back and watch these early movies. It's like knowing what you know now. Yeah. And like even knowing like like you said, like, oh, he's, he's Hydra, and then knowing how he dies. Like, oh, then like a couple years later, he's going to be on the highway with uh, Captain America and Falcon and Black Widow and Winter Soldier's gonna fuck him up just gonna rip the door off and pull him right out of the car and that's the (laughs) end of that that's how he dies like (laughs) so it's just like it's just really funny knowing um and it gives me a a greater appreciation for Marvel because you know they didn't know that they were gonna do all this stuff when they laid these pieces like half I mean they've admitted it before like there were a number of characters were supposed to have like like Phil Coulson, we're supposed to have like literally like one walk on scene or like one movie. Yeah. And then they ended up actually integrating them into the, the world or they ended up bringing back these characters. And, uh, and I think it's just done. It's a, it's a testament to Marvel that you don't really see the seams that it doesn't feel like they like retroactively went back and like, we're going to try to shoehorn this mm-hmm. character in because we need this or because the fans wanted it. So um But it is one of those movies that go back and look at the really, really early ones to see all these characters being kind of put in the place. Like the first, you know, introduction of Black Widow when she first comes in. You know she's Black Widow, like comic book characters or comic book readers do, but nobody else does. And you're like, ooh, this is going to be fun. You know, so it's just a really good time. And Thor does have a lot of those moments too.
2: And it's so hard from a production standpoint. It is so hard to be like, oh, let's make sure we get the same guy to do the same, to do this then. And just like coordinating that is it's a miracle like there are so many movies that fail mm-hmm. to do that in their own movie let alone <laughs> yeah. doing it across all these movies
3: it's wild uh and i also want to get back to something alicia talked about earlier is and the loki of it all like you want to talk about uh, a great villain that is kind of born in this movie that is underserved like you know they talk about like oh it's just like a villain you know it's just their perspective and what their you know makes them this thing you, we see here the dad is like, well, kids, one of you is going to be King. The other one's a piece of shit to me. Good luck. You know what I mean? So like, of course, Loki's going to start being like, I feel different. I'm not the same. All of a sudden years later, Hey son, I lied to you. That guy that we hate. Yeah. I ripped you away from that family because well, I get bored sometimes I'm, you know, kind of a big deal. And I live out in this mountain here in this Oregon that's golden and it's pretty cool. Uh, I just think it's like um you can really understand why Loki is the way that he is. Thor is so yeah. fucking annoying. Of course, he's gonna to want to ruin his yeah. big day. You know what I mean? Like, oh, you-
1: there were times when like Loki's like he's right. Thor's not fit yeah. to be king. Like he's a moron. Like yes. look at him. Like- it's like the Homer Simpson. <laughs> yeah.
3: Like this is this is this guy's in charge of a nuclear power play. Are you insane? You know what I mean? So it's like yeah, there That's is really a fun kind of like thing <laughs> that is really uh, birthed here and played really well throughout, and uh, uh, mm-hmm. it's it's you can can really like you can understand why somebody would kind of be that way, especially when it's like, you're not even my fucking dad. Like I'm a frost giant. What are you talking about?
1: It does set up the later, like what puts Loki on his redemption arc too, because it does set up the fact that he's a little bit of a mama's boy because like all the other Asgardians, like they value fighting and valor and like sword play. And Loki's the only magic user and that's devalued, you know, in their culture. And so he's definitely like, more Frigga's son. Like Thor is more Odin's son and Loki is more Frigga's son. So it really sets up that close bond that he has with her in a very short amount of time. Mm. So I think it does a good job where later on Mm -hmm. then in Thor, the dark world, when you're like, oh, like, okay, he's not actually going to be Loki. He's going to actually like not try to betray Thor because he cares so much about avenging his mother's death that you buy it. You believe it.
3: And I'm so glad you were talking about that son- uh, stuff because uh thor has this really bit where he was like uh uh instead of saying a he he's like S- uh son of cole or whatever you know uh mm-hmm. that was a really funny just one liner that was kind of lost <laughs> there that i wanted to kind of
1: yeah i have to say too that uh clark Gregg like having met him in person like i've done like agent Age shield set biz and stuff before that's basically him like he's very like like, nothing phases Coulson. Like, he's like, okay, there's a literal God in front of me that's, like, saying completely ridiculous things. Okay. You know, he just rolls with it and kind of has that little smile on his face. And that's kind of Clark Gregg, like, in person. Like, he's just very cerebral. He's very calm. He's very, like, all right. You know, so... And all I'm um, saying is cut
3: him from all the bulletins. Oh, <laughs> How saying. dare you? <laughs> the man is
0: the thread. Uh, that one <laughs> other note that I, I wanted to mention. I... I love the end of this movie, like not the post-credit scene necessarily, but the actual end of the movie. Just that very simple idea of Thor standing there on the Bifrost, looking down, talking to Heimdall about Jane Foster. Jane Foster running around with, uh, you know, looking for the Einstein-Rosen bridge. And I think the last line is, "She searches for you," and he smiles, yes. and that's it. Yeah. Every time I get like little goosebumps.
1: Yeah. I love it. There are it. some that's really, really nice good. Set. Individual moments, I think, in this movie too, like yeah. um, even the moment, like talking about the the um, rainbow bridge, when Loki lets go, that is heartbreaking. Yeah. Like when he realizes, yeah. like when he realizes that Thor will or Odin will always choose Thor over him, and he just decides to let go, like that is heartbreaking. I think, yeah. like he does, he plays that scene so well, um, and. And and even, and like, Anthony Hopkins does, too, because, you, like, all three of them do, because Chris Hemsworth is devastated. Like, he's, you know, he still loves his brother, no matter yeah. what. And Odin, you can tell that Odin, like, in that moment, knows he's been a shitty father to, to Loki. Like, he knows it, but he also is who he is, and he can't change. Yeah. And so it's just a whole, like, that whole family dynamic is just really played out in that microcosmic um, moment there. And I just think it's done really well.
3: I'm I'm glad you brought up the rainbow bridge because, you know, Mario Kart references are important and I'm glad that Marvel Mm -hmm. knew that early.
2: Uh, Honestly, I wish the bridge was a little more like the rainbow road in Mario Kart. But
1: that's from, Uh, (laughs) that's, but that's actually from, Norse mythology Is it not Oh it yes is. it is Yeah I was like I'm pretty sure I was like
3: I was like I just like Mario I was like, Kart
0: Yeah what did you think About the scene Where Thor jumps up And he hits some bricks With his head And ten coins come out That was weird to me
2: I can't believe that um, Weird part of Loki, Asgard Loki got him With a red shell um, Real quick <laughs> On the On the post credit It's crazy How long they did They did post credits Before they were like Let's just do them earlier Because <laughs> uh, it's a long time And in this post credit So <laughs> So much shit happens. Like, if you didn't see this post-credit, you'd be like, none of, nothing makes sense
0: uh, going forward. <laughs> just the Eric Selvig showing up, being taken over by Loki, which doesn't the quite Tesseract. match up. The Tesseract, right, yeah. exactly, yeah, doesn't doesn't quite what play. happens it quite Adventures,
2: yeah. But the Tesseract, which is an Infinity Stone, which is a different color later and all that, like, it's all just like, we'll just do this thing real quick, and then see later. Please come back and watch more movies.
1: Yeah. And, uh, uh, couple- and we do. Yes. I'm glad <laughs> and it works. I'm
3: glad we're talking about the credits because the uh, the first thing we see is the Paramount logo, which goes into the Marvel flip, and that oh is God. the comic book uh, Marvel flip. And I really think like you showing the uh, live action and the Marvel flip is not as enjoyable as showing the comic book and honoring the material that we're pulling from. And so uh, I wish they would go back to that. <laughs> PG- <laughs> Just so you
2: know, we can just pull that from every other podcast when you've said it, and we can just lay it in so you don't have to actually say it every time. <laughs> oh, I'm going to say it every add time. add it to the end.
0: Well, the thing about that, frankly, I mean, if you really want to get into it, the thing about going for the Marvel flip to the MCU characters is they got to a critical mass where they, frankly, didn't have to worry about the comics anymore. They had built their own mythology mm-hmm. and their own fan base for the Ooh. MCU movies that isn't necessarily separate from the comic book fan base, but there are – People who Mm -hmm. just know the movies, that's all they've seen. That's all they're into. They don't, care about the comics at all they know robert downey jr they know uh why can i think of literally no other actors no, that's jr. everybody evans. and
2: chris evans and we know from numbers that that's most of the movie viewers yeah is how they but perceive why not exactly. like
3: still uh you know pay homage to where it all came from where it all started at the beginning of the movie give a little nod to the comics before we got kind of go on that's the strange right. fun event. we know they're
2: there you want, to see, you want to see like a movie about a book and have him just be like, look at all the pages <laughs> here. Look, this hey, movie was based Kim, on this, this, this this the Stephen King movies. novel. I
0: mean, we most people probably know this, but just in terms of cameos in the movie, of course, you got Stan Lee as a truck driver. You do have JMS mm-hmm. shows up as the truck driver who initially tries to First pull to out the the First one to touch mm-hmm. the hammer. First one to touch the hammer. You also got Walter Simonson shows up at the mm-hmm. banquet at the end, which is great, and it's lovely that they worked him in. Yeah. Um yeah, there you go. So that's some cameos. Uh, another couple of quick notes just running through the stuff here that I jotted down. Apparently at different times, Sam Raimi and Matthew Vaughn were in discussions for to do a Thor movie. Also, Guillermo del Toro was very close to doing it before mm. he decided to do The Hobbit instead.
1: I want Guillermo del Toro to do a Midnight Sun series or a movie yes. instead. Yes, yeah. that's a
0: great call. That would be excellent. Uh, Also, Tyler Maine was in talks to do a UPN Thor series back in the 2000s, around Mm. the X Men times. Mm. (laughs) UPN
2: known for their fantastic dedication Mm -hmm. to quality.
0: Absolutely.
1: This is one. And their Dutch Angles. 100%.
2: Uh,
0: I can't believe how contested this role is, but Fandral apparently went through a bunch of different iterations. They originally offered it to Zachary Levi, who ends up playing it in The Dark World and beyond, but he couldn't do it because of conflicts. Uh, They talked about maybe bringing in Dominic Cooper, who of course shows up later uh, in Captain America, Uh, and they eventually cast Stuart Townsend, who left days before filming over some sort of personal conflicts he had with the creative direction of the movie and then they very quickly threw Josh That's oh, yeah, a big
1: there. part of the movie it, that's yeah. wild well but that was when he was coming off a. Of, no that wasn't even after that was well after Queen of the Damned yeah. so I can see why Stuart Townsend doesn't work much <laughs> yes okay, yeah
0: uh, there's also, uh, folks certainly know about this because it shows up in Thor Ragnarok later, but the Infinity Gauntlet kind oh, of shows yeah. up in Odin's Vault mm-hmm. as well as a bunch of other Marvel relics. Uh, and then later on, it turns out to be retconned, to be faked. Uh, the last thing that I wanted to mention before we move on, uh, just because I wrote the sound in a note, and it strikes me every time I watch this, the score on this movie is really good. Patrick mm-hmm. Doyle's score. I really like the themes of the Marvel Universe Albums. I think I've listened to Thor probably the most. Captain America, maybe a close second. Uh, but it's very good. It's a good soundtrack.
1: I think wow. I'm with Winter Soldier the most.
0: Yeah, I'll check that out. All right, let's move on to our Vision Board. I must. <laughs> I'll listen to more Marvel stuff, I guess, the thing that I do every day, all day anyway. Uh, vision Board, where we talk about things coming forward. We've already touched a lot on both of these, but the big two things that are coming out. Uh, first one, Loki is premiering June 9th on Disney+. Plus. There's six episodes. Owen Wilson is in it as Agent Mobius, Mobius and Mobius. Uh Goo the Raw is Ravona. Lexus Renslayer. Uh, it was created by Michael Walden who worked on Rick and Morty, as well as uh, forthcoming Heels with Pete, your boy, Stephen Mel? That's coming soon. Mm. Stars, it's a wrestling thing. And Doctor Strange 2 as well. So certainly Marvel seems to be in the tank for him. Uh, what other than the things we've touched on, what are you looking forward to with the show? What do you want to see? What do you think after WandaVision and Falcon and Winter Soldier in particular is
1: riding on it, if anything? Alicia, thoughts? I think this is going to be as important about setting up the multiverse and timelines and stuff. Like, I think, again, like we kind of talked about how they played it safe for like early on when they were kind of establishing, getting people on board with the idea of like an interconnected universe. Now they can just get weird. And I mean, the other day, what was it? the showrunner said that it's, it's partly inspired by Teletubbies. Like there's like Miss Minutes, like the cartoon clock. It's also inspired by Blade Runner. Like, It's just going to be weird. Like, I'm I'm really hoping it will be as weird as WandaVision was because I think now that Marvel's earned enough goodwill that can get really creative like that. So I think that um, with Loki, it has the potential to blow the doors wide open on the MCU in terms of truly just doing anything, like just the weirdest stuff they can think of, like any sort of tone, any sort of world. And if they pull it off, um, then I think it really sets up a lot of that potential um to open that door in Marvel. and also it sets up Kang the Conqueror like mm. 110% uh, yeah. Loki's going to be the reason why Kang the Conqueror with uh, Ravenna you know and um like absolutely he's going to be the reason why Kang shows up in Ant-Man and Quantumania because Loki's been messing with the timelines.
2: I was going to say like uh, striking a middle tone between WandaVision Middleston. and Falcon Winter Soldier it's not where Middleston. it's like
3: it's Middleston.
2: Oh it's Middleston. Great, thank you. Uh, <laughs> nice. Uh, I think something that's right in between where we get the fun of like uh, these characters that are like down to earth talking to each other and moving through things and have the world be super weird and the things that happen be super weird I think is what I want to see mm-hmm. uh, for this.
0: Pete, what about you? What's your big ask? What's on your vision board for Loki? Well, at this I'm
3: just pumped because uh, again, the casting looks ridiculous. Uh, the The thing up on our, our or YouTube, uh, the clip of uh, Owen Wilson going back and forth with Loki is really awesome. That is, uh, you know, being able to roll with Loki like that uh, was, I thought, really impressive. So I'm very, very excited about this Loki series. People want more Loki. We're getting Mm -hmm. it. Now all they got to do is deliver. So I'm, I'm very excited. It'll be interesting to see. And what kind of Loki we're going to get and how deep they're going to kind of go into Mm -hmm. his powers and backstory. Mm -hmm. Well, on
0: that note, we touched on this a little bit earlier. But the thing that I think is really interesting about this character arc, which I think based on promos is going to be immediately obvious to people. But this is the Loki after Avengers Endgame. But what that actually means is this this is the Loki immediately after Avengers. So we got Mm
3: -hmm. This is pre-redemption.
0: Yeah, exactly. This is Mm -hmm. Thor and then Avengers, not even Thor the Dark World. He hasn't experienced any of that yet or anything like that. So he's still very much the bad guy. Uh, and that's going to be fun to see. Is he going to go on a redemption arc? Is he going to get worse in Subway? Um, that will be super fun. Uh, on the cameo bend, Alicia, you mentioned you think that Kang is going to show up. Uh, played? I don't know if he's I don't know confirmed. if he'll show up, okay. uh, but I think
1: it's going to set up his story. Um, uh, yeah, They didn't confirm Jonathan Majors is playing him. Yeah, It would be amazing if he was, but there it's like one of those things, like, he's not playing Kang, wink, wink. And we're like, (laughs) okay, but who else could he be playing, wink, wink, you know? So (laughs) it feels very much like one of those, no, no, Benedict Cumberbatch isn't playing Khan, no, no. Mm -hmm. Um, Yeah.
0: But on that note, do you think, given that we're going through the multiverse, are we going to see other cameos? There's certainly been shots in the trailer of potentially somebody with red hair that seems to be dressed like a sort of black widow type. Um,
1: yeah. There are three, uh, some people see, I don't, I don't think it's going to be her. Some people think mm-hmm. it will, but I'm like, that feels like it would really undermine her movie. Mm-hmm. But I mean, yeah. all that, because it was supposed to come out before her movie was supposed to come out before Loki. So to me, that feels weird. So unless they added that scene in later, it would feel to me like initially when how was supposed to be released, it, feels like would maybe undermine like the impact of her movie mm-hmm. to see her and her death and end game
0: yeah spoiler, um, some people
1: think yeah some people think it's, <laughs> sorry uh some people think it's gonna be lady loki that he's with i was hoping for verity willis but mm-hmm. we'll see um because it feels like they're they're borrowing a little bit from agent of asgard with this uh and then um, the TVA is taking the place of like the All Mother, and Loki's doing missions mm-hmm. for the TVA to clear his name. Then in the Agent of Asgard arc, where he does missions for the All Mother to wipe like a sin off the you know celestial record books.
0: I like that theory. That's good. That's yeah, great. Uh, what about what about Thor though? You know, Thor obviously, as we've been talking about the entire podcast, very tied to Loki. Is he going to show up in nah. the series in any form? Nobody. No.
1: Maybe in, like, a uh, flashback, but I don't think yeah. so. I think the Marvel knows that that would maybe undermine it a little bit because he's always been undermined in, like, how to play second, second fiddle with Chris Hemsworth, and I feel like putting Chris Hemsworth in it, like, it's the same reason they decided not to put Benedict Cumberbatch in WandaVision because he was supposed to show up. And yeah. then they were like, yeah, no, that'll completely undermine, like, her agency, that it's her story, her arc. It's going to all become about that. And I think that's one of the one of the small ways that Marvel has kind of hurt themselves, shot themselves in the foot a little bit, because they've set up all these fun reveals and Easter eggs and expectations and cameos that they've almost made it so that when somebody does show up, it like the conversation becomes about that and not about the actual movie or show.
2: Yeah. I think they're trying to to do that. I think it's crazy to expect that, but I do think we will get Al Pacino as Mephisto. Oh, wow.
1: (laughs) (laughs) That's going to uh, become a running joke, and Mephisto's just around the corner. And every, every single aspect, he's just around yeah, the corner. Oh, no, it's going to happen.
2: So Never close. Happen. Around the corner. I can smell the brimstone.
1: Although, here's something fun. So Ethan Hawke was cast in um, Moon Knight. Mm-hmm. I'm like, he would be a great Mephisto. Oh, yeah.
2: That's cool. I, he's got the hair. This is, he just
0: no has, no has like, that color. face. I kind my, of like craggy My face. theory is that he's Khonshu, or however you pronounce that, the moon Ooh, god. Yeah. Uh, mm, gonna, that would be... You know?
1: Mm, that'd be tough to cast a white guy as an ancient Egyptian deity, though. Like, I don't know if Marvel's like Marvel has made some missteps. I don't know if they're like, that's like phase one Marvel. Mm -hmm. Like, so I think he does have have a very white
0: skull, though. Like he has a bird skull. So, (laughs) no, you're saying just a voice. Yeah, maybe. I don't know. I don't know. Uh, let's move on, though, and talk about Thor Love and Thunder, which we touched on earlier as well. It's coming out May 6th, 2022. This is reuniting pretty much the whole reunited. Thor Ragnarok team uh, both <laughs> behind the scenes and in front of the camera, as well as picking up at the end of Endgame. So the Guardians of the Galaxy are going to show up, apparently, very extensively throughout the movie. Also, Christian Bale is the villain. He is Gore the yes. God Butcher. Uh, apparently, Russell Crowe is going to show up in a cameo or maybe a slightly larger part. Unclear, as Zeus. Maybe Christian Bell's just going to straight up kill him. We're not sure. And uh, Sif is actually returning. Jamie Alexander Woo-hoo. is apparently returning for this movie, mm-hmm. as well as, as we mentioned earlier, Natalie Portman is going to be picking up the hammer and becoming Thor herself mm-hmm. straight out of the mighty Thor arc by so Jason horrible. Aaron. Very excited for this. Yeah. Uh, Pete, what is, since you are so stoked, what is on your vision board I, for this
3: well, movie? Well, I want, first off, I hope it's hysterical But I also really want it to be a love story. Um, and With Dutch angles. (laughs) Thank you for taking that for me. Um, And yeah, I just think that it's it's going to be interesting to see kind of the passing of the torch because the comic was very emotional. I cried a ton. So I'm Mm -hmm. really nervously excited about how they're going to handle that. Um, But man, they've got a great uh, team in place and there's a lot of Amazing actors uh, uh, on board, so I I cannot wait uh, uh, to to go see that.
2: Moving into Jason Aaron Thor ideas, so excited for that! Mm-hmm. Like just like big. Uh, I don't know if we're gonna get like sort of the the t- different timelines, uh, like getting some King Thor and that sort of dark side of it. I feel like would counterpoint really nicely to all the like fun Thor stuff we've had for the last few movies. So I would love to see Will all frog
3: of that. in there.
0: Oh, that would be great. I would love that so much. Alicia, yeah. what about you? What are you most looking forward to with Thor Love and Thunder at this point?
1: Um, see, I hope it's a ton of fun. Um, I think my ask would probably be a little bit like Pete's. I loved Ragnarok. I thought it was a fantastic yeah. movie. I thought it was a Thor movie. It was not that great. Mm. Um, and I, because, I think because I love Taika Waititi, but he is a pure comedian and, right. um, at least in that movie. And so some of the more emotional beats were really undercut by, um, because there was a joke, like a second later, like the, the, one of the ones, uh, was the get help scene yeah, where they oh have that really have, emotional moment where is like, you know what, you're right. Loki, maybe we should go separate ways. And like the look on Loki's face at that moment, you can tell that he's really wounded by that. Like he doesn't like, because Thor has finally given up on him yeah. and you can see that Loki's Loki's just really wounded to the bone. And then they like undermine that with like get help two yeah. seconds later. Um, so I'm hoping that with this movie, it's as much fun as the first one, but that Taika fights his instincts a little bit, his natural mm-hmm. instincts as a director to let f- jokes go on a little bit too long and instead kind of lets some of those more emotional beats um, play out a little longer just so they don't get as undermined. And I know that's a really specific thing. I just think that he's done a Thor movie now. He can maybe balance that like big comedy and action sequences with some of the really heartfelt stuff too.
0: Yeah. That's great. Cool. Coming out next year. Very much looking forward to that. Uh, last thing probably on the vision board we should talk about is what's next for Darcy, which is very exciting. She is getting married to Andrew WK. That was mm-hmm. a big surprise. <laughs> this week. <Yeah. laughs> I'll tell you what, that threw me for a loop, Pete. I know you're all into Kat Dennings, very excited for her, yeah, though, right?
3: Uh he came on our show one time and was the coolest. So I'm super He's the coolest so guy. I'm super He's happy great. for yeah. both of them. And uh, you know, I hope she continues <laughs> to just be her amazing self in movies. So when he quick, did
2: this show, he brought his own comic book a comic book he made in yep. high school, if I remember oh, correctly. That's right. that's
1: awesome. That's a really That cool. was
2: so like, funny. It so was like pencil fun. drawn. Yeah. yeah yeah
1: he seems like so, just a really like that's it was like weird like i was like i had no idea and i'm like but also that weirdly makes yeah, so much does. sense
0: mm-hmm. he's a cool dude yeah so what's on your vision board for their wedding
1: <laughs> great music i don't know i don't actually be... what I'm talking about yeah great music there you go it's gonna be a good
0: party oh, yeah. i'll tell you that much yeah before we wrap <laughs> yeah. up here alicia what would you like to plug if anything or should people check you out
1: um, I You guys can catch me on Screen Rant, on Adam Tickets, um, but mostly you can find me yelling on Twitter, uh, yes. as you well know. Um, I'm on there probably too much. So you can find me at Alicia Grosso, Um, and that's a weird name, so I'll spell it, uh, A-L-I-S-H-A-G-R-A-U-S-O.
0: Awesome. Alicia, thank you so much for coming on. It was a pleasure yeah, was talking so to you great. about what we all agreed was the best Marvel ah, movie ah. If uh, you'd like to the sum up a little, bit, a little
1: bit of retconning there, so <laughs> a bit, I feel yeah, like I feel like we retcon the continuity there.
2: Um, Honestly, the fisheye lens was the part yeah. that I had a real problem Ooh. with. If you'd like to support our podcast, patreon.com slash comic
0: book club. Also, we do a live show every Tuesday night at 7 p.m. to Crowdcast on YouTube. Come hang out. We would love to chat with you about Marvel movies, iTunes, Android, Spotify, Stitcher, or the app of your choice to subscribe, listen, and follow the show at Marvel Vision Pod on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. Comicbookclublive.com for this podcast and more. Until next time, stay
3: marvelous.